This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with my friend, Dave Delaney. Dave did something unusual recently, which was taking time off from social media for two months. So Dave and I talked through the process of what led him to that decision, what that looked like, lessons he learned from it, and then even some of the things that he and I talked about in terms of Dave and I usually see each other at least once or twice a year when I'm down visiting in Nashville. That's not possible this year. How do we become non-lazy friends and networkers when it comes to professional and personal lives using technology, but not using technology constantly like it feels like we're doing right now, as we say in this conversation that Zoom burnout is a real thing. So hopefully you will get something incredibly helpful and useful, and if nothing else, get you thinking about this realm of activity for you, not just in terms of how it affects your focus, how it affects your mood, what it does to your priorities, but overall using technology to live a life better and not just be used by the technology habitually. And just hear that other people are thinking about things in this way when you hear me talking in this conversation with Dave Delaney. So this week, it is my privilege to welcome back to the show once again. It is my friend, Dave Delaney. Dave, welcome back. Thank you, Eric. It's great to be back. So we had a call, let's see, about, geez, it's been like five months. We did we did a call because it was, mm-hmm. you know, that season of everything hit in 2020, the, the thing that will not be named. No, it's fine. <laughs> I, I, for a long time, to be honest, for a long time, I was just like, I'm I'm not going to talk about this. I don't care. Like, yeah, I've got yeah. back episodes. I've got, you know, new stuff, whatever. But like you and I are both in that online realm and in that space. And uh, we did that call. And then a while later, um, you basically took two months off the Internet. Yes. Like, you you unplugged. And I, I've not seen anybody that I know personally go that long. And so one part of me was just like clapping slow clap like good job Dave. good job uh and two was par- really envious like man i wish that i could do that and uh i have done that in the past i have done like a whole three i think three weeks to a month somewhere in there is the most i've ever done at one time but it's yeah. been a long time since i've done that and, and a lot of people out there they hear all of this well, i'm gonna quit the internet for an, a month or i'm gonna detox or you know maybe people do it for lent some people do this i've seen them do it but yeah point being they're like, how is that even possible in, in this modern society, especially when we're kind of locked down? And that's one of the main communication tools we have. I just want to know, like, without going into too many negative specifics, per se, the word politics, mm. I'll insert here. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, we can both kind of attest to the space has become somewhat toxic, depending upon who you're following. But mm-hmm. even if you're following all the right people, 
stuff still slips through. I mean, where was your mindset at and what kind of drove you to taking like two months off the Internet? Yeah. So, well, well, first of all, it wasn't off the Internet. It was off social media. So (laughs) I I I should be clear. Yeah. And and some people, you know, I wrote a blog post about taking a break because there was a little confusion. And I was like, oh, crap, like I work for myself. So, uh, you know, if if clients or prospects think that, like, I'm not working for two months, that's different. I wasn't taking a vacation, you know, specifically. But for me, yeah. So a, a couple things happened. One this, you know, I don't have to explain to you how crappy this year has been yeah. for me because it's been pretty crappy for most people in a lot of ways. And and of course, you know, there's there's good things as well. But the quick version of this is my uh, well, my kid's school was destroyed in the tornadoes in, Mar- in March here in Nashville and, and some, you know, neighborhoods near us. And it was pretty, pretty astounding, just pretty amazing, like what had happened. Um, and so fast forward three months to May 3rd, March 3rd, tornado, May 3rd, straight line winds. And during the straight line wind uh, storms that came through Nashville, we, that's when mother nature, uh, maybe she missed our house the first time she got us the second time. And we lost, you know, seven trees had holes in our roof, 10 holes in our roof. And long story short, we were displaced for three months. We had to stay at a two bedroom condo for three months. That's four people and a dog, small dog, but Anyway, and so during that time, I was like, I felt a lot of stress. Uh, get, if you've ever been through something like that, or any of your listeners have been through something like this, dealing with insurance, uh, you know, you know those nice people you pay hundreds of dollars a month to, um, should be pretty easy, and apparently it's not. And it was, it literally became like another job for me to be constantly dealing with insurance and contractors and all this stuff. So a great amount of stress there. Um, and then combined with the pandemic and, and all the other uh, things that were going on, I just decided I, you know, I was, I felt that I was getting more negativity than positivity out of my use of social networks. And, and that, you know, with all due respect and love for all my, all, all the people that I do correspond with or have corresponded with over the years, I just felt like I'd never actually taken a break, like never disconnected from Twitter and Facebook and so on for long. Um, you know, as you know, I, I ran social media for a technology consumer electronics company for, you know, and I was the face and the, and the, the social media person for that company. So for Griffin technology for like four and a half years and with Emma an email marketing company before that for, for a couple of years. And so I was the face and I was the guy, I was the guy tweeting. I was like, I was the guy. Um, so during that period, absolutely. There was no way I could take a break. And uh, so fast forward to now, or, or this summer. And I just felt like it's time to, uh, to take a break and see what happens. Yeah. I think that you felt very much like what I had felt in a previous position that I held up until about this time last year. It's been almost a year now uh, since mm. I have not been in the forefront of a social media manager type position or that my position requires me to constantly be monitoring, looking, responding, posting, et cetera. And, and, and the thing is, is that there are people who still do that, even though it is not their job, they're so used to scrolling. I mean, that, you know, I can't say that I know what the breakdown is in terms of people listening right now in on this. I know a number of people will say, oh yeah, social media, part of my job in some form or fashion. So many of us have made social media part of our routine anyway, 
mm-hmm. and especially this year. And I think then the thing was is that everybody from that point forward, even the people that were posting really positive things that would I would see it and be like, oh, that's so awesome. Like, I feel like I'm almost on the verge of tears right now because that's just a great heartwarming story. The kind of stuff you want to see on social sure. and then pivot and it's almost bipolar or the exact opposite negative reaction than when you see somebody just stating their opinion and yes. and or someone states a positive opinion or, or an opinion you agree with, but then you see the comments devolve into just nonsense and it's just like, <laughs> I can't take this anymore. So yeah. And then you, you know, and, and in the background of that, you've got, you know, algorithms configured to get you to click and to get you uh, enraged in what you're seeing. Cause that gets more eyeballs and more action. Um, and yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And and I started realizing too, you know, I realized a while back, but I, you know, it's easy to just pontificate, uh, you know, from your desk on Facebook or from your phone on the toilet or wherever. Um, but the truth is that, you know, if, if you want some sort of change, some sort of action, some, something, uh, if you want to see something, some good in the world, um, it's going to take actually doing something about it, um, whatever that, that cause may be. So, um, and that was part of it too. I was just feeling like, you know, I, and I also, I've had conversations with people before and they're like, you know, well, where's your stance on politics or religion or whatever. And I, and I've, I've replied usually, uh, I mean, you can look at my feeds and figure out where I am on things, but it's, it's not that I have any shame or anything like that. But at the same time, I, I figured, you know, buy me a beer and we can talk all you want about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little trickier now. Cause I haven't been drinking for like three and a half months, but we can buy Bobby non-alcoholic beer or yeah. coffee. Coffee's good. Um, and we can, we can sit down and actually talk through, you know, these things. And, and I feel that those conversations go a lot further. You know, I just had a, an hour zoom call with one of my best friends, like childhood friends, who's definitely more uh, on like, I'm certainly more liberal and he's more conservative. And so he, we were kind of going back and forth, but he's very much sort of from the same background and things. And we both found that we were not arguing at all about anything. And and in fact, you know, nobody is fully left or fully right or fully whatever. There's always some sort of, you know, medium in the middle. And, uh, and we ended up like just agreeing with most of the stuff we were talking about. So, but it was a healthy conversation. And afterwards, you know, it it felt, it felt good to like, and also just to talk to somebody with a different point of view about different things. Um, and, and we need more discourse that way, you know, and, and the social networks aren't really helping facilitate that. They're not. Yeah. I I mean, don't get me wrong. There is definitely good that comes from social media when done right. And I think there's, I think, you know, you almost need a driver's license for social media, you know, like you have to provide, you know, you have to go through these tests and prove that, you know, this in order to do it, not as a marketer, but just, yeah, exactly. Just to, just to, (laughs) just to do that, to have that, that, that dialogue that means something. And uh, it's just, again, you're up against algorithms and, uh, UI and design that's, uh, you know, basically set up to be addictive, unfortunately, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and disconnecting in a weird way. It's ultra connecting in a very low meaning way. 
Um, there's probably a better way to say that. In fact, there, I'm sure there is, but that, you know, that, that in other words, Dave, I would potentially, I mean, I know if, if you were a stranger to me, if, uh, there's a, there's the different levels. One is I see you post something and I comment and I'm disconnected because like, to me, you're less of a person because you're just a thing to comment to. Whereas right Right. now we've got our video on while we record this and that's a level higher. Um, Well, I would say there's probably a, a middle ground there where there's private messaging, not just public yes. messaging. But then we've got video on and I can see your face and and we can kind of interact that way. But then you and I know right. each other in person. And if we were in person, in person, like face to face, even more so. So it's it's carrying all of that over. In other words, social networking cannot carry the full extent of a relationship in and of itself. And yet we're we're wanting it to play relationship crutch and, yeah. <laughs> and and societal crutch and 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 fundraising and all these other you know all these potential good things it, it's good for low um meaning low frequency you know it, it's good for noise when it comes to that stuff and great, gaining some initial ground there but really mm-hmm. the benefit and, and and again you have always known as the networking guy the real networking isn't taking place on the social networks it can maybe start and or catalyze from off of something you saw on a social network with somebody. Like I can, I can see that I saw Dave. I don't know what you, you posted recently. I think you posted a picture of, of like DJ stuff. You were young and, and so on. So you and I, so you and I can have a conversation about that, but like, but again, it's good for snapshots in other words, but that's not a conversation. Right. No, exactly. And I think, you know, I've, and I wrote about this in my book in new business networking. Like I've got chapters on, on networking effectively and nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I run new you know, networking for nice people.com. You can drop by my shameless plug. Um, but uh, you know, I have these, these points in the book and the, and, and using these social networks to, to build relationships and things. Now, I mean, you're an early adopter. I'm an early adopter in a lot of these mediums. And so with like something like Twitter, for example, like I started in February of 07, there wasn't an algorithm. In order to find new people, we had, a, we had a, a shared Google sheet or maybe it was, yeah, I guess it was a Google sheet um, that we would add ourselves to and you could go back to and, and check that sheet to see by category what you like to tweet about or what your business is or where you're based. And we would use that as a reference point to find other people on Twitter to connect with or just through like follow Friday. Follow Friday. I was just, I was waiting to, to say that. it. I was like, I remember follow Friday. It was so right. cool here. Right, right, right. Hey everybody, you should follow Dave Delaney on Twitter because he tweets about this and this, and he's yeah. an awesome guy because, and it was right. so cool. And we, I missed and it that. Wasn't, yeah. It wasn't an algorithm algorithm telling you to follow this person. It was, you know, a friend of a friend or, you know, recommending that you connect and you're far more likely to act on that. Now, um, you know, I mean, there's certainly, I don't mean to like poo poo social media cause I do no, enjoy I'm to, still using it. Yeah. But at the same time, I think part of the challenge too, is that you don't necessarily know who you're conversing with sometimes in the sense that, it's hard to build a relationship with a troll or with a bot, <laughs> you know, and there seems to be a lot of that going on, especially on Twitter these days. Um, you know, as far as Facebook goes, like I, I still find value in Facebook when I ask for recipe suggestions. I've got a great thread for butter chicken recipes, by the way, nice. and I've already cooked two of them. So I'm working through the list um, or like recommendations when you travel. 
like, you know, I posting on Facebook that, Hey, um, you know, my, my wife and our kid and our kids, like the four of us are going to New York, New York city, you know, what are your favorite things to do or favorite restaurants? And then suddenly, you know, and Facebook's has it does a good job of like automatically adding it to a map, um, which makes it great. So stuff like that is awesome. But, you know, I, I, you know, as you said, I mean, I do think there needs to be not just a, a EULA or, or, or something, but rather like an actual um, test before you start using these, these platforms, especially these days to understand because people don't understand. They don't even realize this is going on. And I think when you work in technology and in communications and in marketing and all the worlds that we live in, you tend to forget that like most of the world or a large part of the world they don't work in that space and they don't realize that, you know, these things are taking place and these design features are done for a reason. So, yeah, yeah. I know there's that Netflix doc that I considered watching, but I've read kind of reviews about it. And it basically, I already know everything they're going to say in there and, you know, it comes to the end and, it's I, I forget what it's called, but it's uh, is it the it, great the great hack or that is it might uh, be. No, it's not that one. It's, um, it's Tristan Harris's. It's, the it's most recent. Fairly recent. Yeah. A lot of people have been kind of raving about it. And yet, yeah, I mean, I've been talking with people like Cal Newport and others for, for mm-hmm. years now about this kind of, you know, technological. I don't know, just the immersion. Like you were saying, like if we're always using it, whether it's for work or for just hab- habitual use, or both like we've mm-hmm. been in if you're immersed in it all the time you kind of forget what not being immersed in it is like and that's what you just experienced uh, right. at least to a degree i mean yeah. what what did you find what did you find when you you basically took that 2 months what was w- w- explain to me what the rules of the 2 months were cuz that and then what you found out about yourself and and life yeah. outside of the yeah. social networks so yeah so i mean some of the rules were i mean so I did check each social network maybe once a day or once every couple of days, literally going on to check for private messages and then leaving. Um, again, my work, you know, I, I work with a large, a lot of large companies. I'm a speaker. And so I, I can't just miss opportunities for, for work. So I didn't, you know, and, and personal messages as, as well, you know, not everybody, I tried my best to communicate that I was taking the time off. Um, but you know, that got missed by some folks. So what I found you pause, you be like, so I've been practicing mindfulness and meditating for the last, I don't know, not quite a year. I've dabbled with this over the years, but I really like Sam Harris and his work and his waking up app is amazing. And so that's the app I've been using. And I have, I've been, I've been meditating like 10 minutes a day going through his daily, you know, thing. And there's a free link. You can get like a free sample of it or whatever. And, but I do encourage people to do this and it's not, I'm not some wishy-washy spiritual person per se, but it's just, it has really helped me kind of slow down and calm myself and, and be more mindful. Um, So to that point, every time, like, especially with Instagram, I would take a photo with my phone because to capture something and then I'd go to post it on, on social, on, you know, Instagram and Facebook and so forth. And it got me thinking like, no, I can't, first of all, I can't do that. I can take the photo, which is fine, but I can't post it. And then it stopped. It's, it made me start to think like, well, why, why do I have to share this moment? Like, what's the point? What, like, what's the point of me sharing this? What, what is so important that I have to share this with everybody who follows me 
when maybe it's just a private moment with my son or my daughter or whatever, the dog, although she has her own Instagram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she is highly addicted, by the way. She just will not stop. Um, total attitude. Uh, but it's, it's amazing. So it really made me just pause and, or to tweet something when I'm about to tweet it. I, I, instead I would think, okay, why am I tweeting this? Like, what's my point? What, why do I need to share this? Um, so that was a big, a big lesson. I also found that, um, we were in a, a condo condo building on like the 10th floor or something and we have a dog. So I had to constantly, you know, several times per day or in the evening or whatever, had to take the dog out. And it was kind of a long haul to get down to the little park area. And each time I did, I would grab my phone to while she's doing her business to look on Facebook or to look on Twitter. But I deleted those apps off my phone and and blocked them also using, uh, it was using the Freedom app to mm-hmm. block uh, access to social networks. Also access to, to news, to Google News and to, to all news. Um, I was also blocking that too, because that's a big part of what, what was, you know, grinding my gears. Uh, so, so yeah. So instead, well, what I found was great is I started reading more books. Remember books? Yeah. Um, I started reading a lot more. And so, and when I was reading on the Kindle, I forgot just how great, how seamless and great it is to go from iPad to phone and Kindle remembers where you are in the book and fast forwards to that part. So instead, when I'm waiting for Peggy to, to do her thing, I, I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, oh, well, let me do the Kindle thing. And so now I'm standing there reading a book while she's, and I'm like, this is so much better for me. Um, That's awesome. So that was, that was another realization too. Um, but yeah, it, it was just, yeah, it was just like a really refreshing break. Um, you know, I found that, uh, I found, by the way, I, I averaged this out. I actually looked at Instagram out of curiosity. Now I've been using Instagram since 2010, I think. And, and I actually wrote like a love letter to Instagram in the early days. Cause I just love it. So I wrote this out cause I was thinking about how much, cause it t- takes me about 15 minutes about to post a photo to Instagram, like take the photo, edit it in Snapseed or some other editor, then think about the the caption I want to include and then think like, which hashtag should I use so that people might find this? So it takes me about 15 minutes per photo. So I looked at this. And so this, this is data that's a little off now because I've posted since then. But at the time I have, I had 3,642 images on Instagram since I created my account in 2010. That worked out to, um, and so at 15 minutes per image, that worked out to 37 days, 22 hours, and 30 minutes. Thank you, Wolfram Alpha. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so 37 days of my life, almost 38 days of my life have been have been spent posting to Instagram. Wow, man. I don't know what to say to that. But that's mm-hmm. just Instagram. Man, can you and imagine just Instagram tweets and Facebook posts oh, yeah. and all of that? Because well, I'm sure... I mean, in the past, yeah. you would take the photo, do all of what you just did for Instagram, and then were you sending it right over to Facebook or were you then hopping over to Facebook, copying and pasting instead and maybe tweeting it also? It, Some yeah, automation, I mean, I would, maybe. I would post it directly or, yeah, through through Instagram. I post it to Facebook and Twitter, too. But, of course, then I've got to go over to Facebook to check to see if <laughs> did I get any likes, any comments. Yeah, that's so that 15 minutes does not count. Uh, also posting it elsewhere, 
but that's minimal. But then also checking over and over to see who's commented, liked, et cetera, on all those places. Exactly. Oh, gosh. So it probably it's why. probably double or triple at minimum, yeah. really. Yeah. When you think yeah. about it. Just based and off just, activity yeah. from Instagram so- as the, the source to start with. Then you go over to, well, what if I'm doing stuff? What if I just go to Facebook and just post something there and just then – Spin it up right. and Twitter and vice versa and all the, all right, of the above. Thing. Jeez. Oh yeah, man. And then, and there you go. So then reading, <laughs> reading more, Yeah, like reading. So reading more, um, writing more. I, I started journaling again. I've, you know, I've, um, I used to journal a lot, like, especially in my days when I was backpacking Europe and just kind of living abroad and, um, and maybe even my, in my like, well, certainly in my twenties, thirties, I used to, I used to early thirties, I used to journal a lot and I just found all those old journals recently. And so I've started going through those again, which has been a fun thing to do. And definitely so rewarding to do that, by the way, to go through the old journals and realize like, Oh, life doesn't suck. And it actually turned out to be okay. I recently went through this exercise in my current new journal. I've been reading through my old journal entries because I've, I've gone through like some dark periods of not, nothing terrible, but I mean, I've just been like, eh, stressed. And, you know, I think we all, we all are going through something like that these days and, and realizing that no, like the, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and like, I'm living better, so much better now than I was back then. Even though in my memory, I fooled myself into thinking like, oh, living in Ireland was great always. And <laughs> it wasn't great always. I was broke and, uh, you know, and it rained a lot, um, you know, and things like that. So going back through the journals, my old journals and, and look, looking at, at how things have shaped up, you know, you, you start to realize like things are pretty good. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting 
checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash beyond. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I've got to imagine that you were, I mean, again, you were jumping on social to check, you know, for messages basically related to potential business opportunities, but then jumping back off again and they weren't on your phone. So you were having to sit down, you have to take the time to go purposefully sit down in front of a computer and, and do that. But you're also taking this two months during a period of time where where things are in semi lockdown interaction in terms of human connection, positive human connection, uh, obviously avoiding negative human connection was a lot of what you did this for. But I mean, obviously, you've got you, you have your wife and you have your your son and your daughter, and you probably yeah. spent more time with them, which was more meaningful, but also uh, other people in terms of maybe just using a phone for what it's there for a phone. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, reaching out and, t- and touching somebody like the old uh, bell ads. That's not creepy, by the way, for you kids. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> it, out, it was the ad. Touching somebody. It was reach a, out and TV. touch someone. Yes. Well, you might have to include a link to that. Uh, <laughs> I will find that and include that. I'm making a note right now. <laughs> yes, yes. They're classic 80s ads. Um, yeah, so you're right. And, and what I started doing was um, I started thinking about like the people who I've had like really great experiences with many of which are, are friends who I very seldom see who are people like you, who I've met at conferences over the years. And so, you know, I, I, I started reaching out and saying like emailing people that I haven't talked to in years and saying, Hey, you want to like do a zoom and catch up. And, and it really like paid off. Like it was just and not paid off like in any sort of business way, but just, and it was just so good to like catch up. It was like, like South by Southwest used to be like summer camp. You know, you'd go back and you'd, you know, hugs, high fives all around with all these people that you get to see once a year. And you spend a, a short amount of time together having a blast. And then it's back to your jobs, back to your families, back to normal. And, and so I started thinking about all these like awesome people that I've met over the years and started just reaching out. And, and saying, you know, great. And like my friend, uh, my friend, Marcus Whitney, his book just came out or, you know, back, you know, uh, this summer um, just came out. And, and rather than, you know, I, I, I couldn't post about it on social. I told him I'd, I would when I started doing my email newsletter again, which, which I, I started, I also took that off for the summer as well, the nice maker. So, but I, so I picked up the phone and I called him. And I, instead of writing an Amazon review, although I did that after, but I did call him and, and said, Hey man, it's me. You know, we hadn't talked in a while. And I'm like, man, your book is awesome. I'm so proud of you. Like it's, it's really, really great. And we had a great catch up, great conversation. I'm sure like I probably made his day and I made my day too, just like catching up with a, with a friend. And so, um, 
I just, I think we've sort of fooled ourselves into thinking that we can foster relationships using social in its current form. I think, you know, you can, yes, you can build relationships. Absolutely. For sure. But you know, there is something to Dunbar's number, right? With like 150, you can only really balance 150 true relationships. And even that's a bit of a stretch, like 120 tops. Um, and so to balance these relationships, like it, it, I think everybody needs to take a step back and think like quality over quantity, right? Like I'd much prefer to have a quality relationships with a few people than, you know, hundreds or thousands of, of, you know, mediocre at best relationships with people, you know, and I think Facebook has done a good quote air quotes there uh, job on redefining what friends, what friends even means because really friends on Facebook are acquaintances. So it should be called acquaintance book. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and you start to realize that. And one way that I realized this, by the way, as part of my little experience, experiment was to see actually how many people reached out to me while I was offline. How many of my quote unquote friends would email me or call me and go, Dave, I saw you're off social. What's going on? Or where are you? Or man, I missed that Dave Delaney's tweets. Like very few, very few. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind in a lot of ways right. when it comes to this. Right. And, and that's, I, I've been thinking about this too. Cause I, I mean, I've had friends from like high school and college who then you connect with back when Facebook started to be a thing and social mm. networks were starting to show up. Yeah. And then because you saw somebody with any amount of frequency in low, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to name it, but basically that when I would see a piece of information of them come through my feed, I would feel yeah. like I'd had a touch point with them when sure, in fact yeah, it wasn't yeah. really true. I just kind of knew of it. I had a conversation. Yes. Do, you, do you know John Meese? He's down in your area. He works yeah, at yeah, Hyatt. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he's the head of Platform University for for Michael Hyatt. And, and mm -hmm. he was on the show. I think it was this year still or very late last year. Either way. Like he told this, he tells this story and I'm going to say it in like 30 seconds. Basically he stopped using Facebook because mm -hmm. his dad found out that he and his wife were going to be have, no, no, no. What it was, was his, it's not that his dad found out is that all his dad's friends found out before his dad was able to tell them he was going uh, to be yeah. a grandfather. It stole the thunder because right. of this communal, very low you know, just spreading of information, like somebody saw it, somebody else saw it and so on and so on. And it spreads virally in that local, you know, community there in uh, South of Nashville somewhere. And, um, yeah. and that basically his father was like, I kind of feel like I didn't get to tell my friends the good news. They already knew. And it was like, Oh, instead of, yeah. Hey guys, yeah. guess what? It was like, uh, and so that kind of relationship crutch has like taken over so much, I think. And again, this is not to say social media can't be hugely powerful and hugely beneficial when it comes to the forming sure. like you and I wouldn't know each other. I don't think if it weren't for social media, I think that's yeah, how right. we met, but that's yeah. not how we maintained or deepened the relationship. It was all this other stuff too. It was meeting in person. I don't know how many yeah, times now with my many yeah. visits to one of my favorite places. Yeah. 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 Nashville. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right about that. I mean, I, I, you know, on the like early days, early days of podcasting, like when I started podcasting in 05, um, there was a podcast conference in in Kingston, Ontario called po Podcasters Across Borders, 
which, uh, you know, mainly Canadian podcasters, but we all went and that was the first time like meeting people in person. And then like, you know, tech conferences started popping up. Other tech conferences started popping up on my radar, like podcast new media expo in, in Ontario, California, um, and blog world and South by and, and gnome decks in Seattle. And these conferences that, yeah, now the people that you're tweeting with, you're actually meeting up in person. And that's part of why like, I started doing like the bar camp and pod camp in Nashville and Geek Breakfast and Nash Cocktail. And, you know, every time I traveled, I would organize a tweet up in, in whatever city I was going to just to get together with people that are friends on Twitter to actually be like real friends, like actually meet in person. And so there is something to be said there. And, and I feel like I've been thinking more about this with like, like I, I had a, a girlfriend a million years ago. It did not work out. And I won't bore you with that story, but man, it's a terrible story. It's really bad. Um, <laughs> but it actually ended up making me go to Ireland, which is where I met my wife. So go figure. There you go. Yeah. Um, light at the end of the tunnel. That might be a theme here. Uh, but I, I uh, this the the story. But the, or what was my point to this? Uh, but, 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 oh, long distance relationship. She had moved away, um, and it didn't work out because of the distance. And so I've you know there is something to be said about like how long distance relationships, like romantic relationships, long distance relationships don't typically work out. Uh, you know, it takes you to be in person, like uh, human to human. Uh, to actually make, I don't know what magical mojo is involved in that, but relationships really do solidify when you meet in person. You know, that, uh, what I wrote about in my book about high, literally about high, you know, handshakes, high fives, hugs, uh, which of course are all frowned upon these days, but at least like happy mask nods or something. Um, but my point to that is, is, you know, meeting in person is still very important. Um, and social can be a great way to keep relationships uh, alive between those meetings. But if those meetings never occur or they occur once and then they, they, they don't again, then I can't imagine those relationships to stay that strong. And I think on Facebook, while you get that occasional like uh, from that old friend or, the, or love or like or retweet or whatever on Twitter, like you mentioned, those are only like reminders like, Oh, Eric's still alive. <laughs> yes. Great. <laughs> you know, and then on to like some cat video or something. Um, so that's part of the reason why I really do believe in commenting or replying. Like it's, even if you just want to share some love, like if you hear this, hear this episode, for example, on, and you, you because of a link on Twitter, for example, like, retweet it, but like add a comment to it as opposed to just liking something. Cause if you just hit the little thumb button and that's all you're doing on Facebook, that's such a waste of time. That's telling all these people, all these acquaintances that you're still alive. And and you know what? There's probably an app for that now anyway. Like it's, there's it's, probably something yeah. that could like random, some Chrome extension it's, that could probably randomly like your friends things. It's like walking by and just nodding, you know, right, exactly in a hallway yes. versus Hey, yeah. how you doing? Good to see you. I loved this thing. I saw that you such and such, you know, how'd that yes. go? And I think the thing for us this year is, well, first, let me preface this. Let me, let me give a context. So I was lucky. Uh, last week of, uh, last week of February, first week of March of 2020, 
Mm-hmm. So everybody can kind of think of where that is in the timeline here. I was yes, lucky that's... enough to go to uh, a conference that my old work, Social Media Examiner, used to put mm-hmm. puts on called Social Media yeah. Marketing World. I was going yeah. as part of the Agora Pulse team, my new position. Right. And one, I was going to get to see all of them in person, which was awesome. And I loved being able to do that. Then I got to hang out with friends like Jeff C, who you know, and a bunch of other people yeah. like Lou Mangello, who is awesome. And yeah, Lou's great. Lots of people got to be in San Diego, got to travel, which again, got cut short soon after. Uh, yes. So San Diego, uh, meeting up with all those people from my team, as well as my friends, seeing them, hanging out with them. Then <laughs> Jeff and I hop on a plane and travel to Florida where we're going to uh, a podcast conference that we were going to speak at, but we were there a day early and we went to Disney. So we got to, we crammed all this in, in one Where's week. Where's Lou when you need him? Right. Well, he was, yeah, he was, he was, uh, <laughs> unfortunately he was unable to make it, but he yes. gave us tips and things like that. So that was awesome. But anyway, yes. um, great time. Then that all kind of broke down in terms of, we don't know when the next time is that we're going to be able to do like, I don't know when the next time is I can really truly do a, uh, a, a conference at all, let alone visit again, one of the places that I love to visit, which is Nashville, where I often yeah. see you at least once or twice a year in person. Yeah, and yeah. so, so that kind of gets to what we're talking about there. But I, I think the thing is, is that um, in my head, it's like, Oh, you know what? Then if that's not going to happen for a while, how do I flip this paradigm of being a lazy, not just networker, but friend and truly start to connect through technology without being used by technology? Right. That's where my yeah, headspace is these days. No. And it's a good, it's a good question. And, and I think, you know, it's part of the reason. So obviously all of my speaking engagements have uh, now they're now all virtual, of course. Right. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a trainer for Google. So I do a lot of training for, for, for folks on, on small business owners and things on how to use Google and digital marketing for their businesses. I also have like, I do LinkedIn training and how best to use LinkedIn, but I do this all virtually. Now I've even come up with this thing called the nice method um, because I'm all about being nice and spreading some sunshine in the world. And I did these in-person workshops called communication mastery. And I've actually put together this uh, nice team growth workshop where I'm actually virtually working with teams and bringing them together in new and refreshing ways. And you can drop by davedelaney.me if you'd like to learn more about that listener, friendly listeners. Um, Doing something like this helps. Like we have video on right now, which really does help, I think. And while you Zoom burnout is a real thing, of course, um, but I'm not saying everybody has to be on back-to-back Zoom calls all day, but I do think that scheduling some social time virtually for the time being. And, and also, by the way, understanding that the pandemic is not here forever. Um, yes, COVID is, but so are other problems like, you know, flu and things like that. I'm not comparing the flu to COVID for the record, not comparing the two. The flu has a vaccination. I just got shot in my arm yesterday, actually. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting that early this year. My point to that is that we will be meeting in person again. Mm-hmm. Not just us, but everyone listening, you will be meeting people in person again. We are going to get through this. Um, you know, it's going to take a while, but we are going to be meeting up in person again. Maybe it'll be six feet away. I've already had, you know, some some 
coffee meetings like that where we weren't quite close and we weren't high-fiving, but at least we could do that. And so, you know, this stuff is coming and, and, and it's going to get better. So I think that's really important for everyone listening to, to remember that as crappy as, as it may be right now, what's coming is going to be better. Is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Well, so. and that and that even in the meantime, now more than ever, which I hate that phrase, but it's true. I will right. say it only because it's true. Human connection is necessary and it, and it can be healing and it can be helpful and it can be uplifting and it can be stabilizing. And realizing that is what kind of made me, oh, you know what? I can't just jump ship from social media altogether. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I can't rely on it to give me all those things to the full extent that I as a human need those things. I need yes. to be giving of those things to those immediately with me. If, if that's the case, like I have, mm-hmm. you know, my son, my daughter, my wife, much like you do. And then yeah. there's that sphere of right beyond that here, local friends where I can do some of that social distance coffee stuff, which has yeah. been incredibly helpful to be able to do that. And then it's that next level, though, where connection necessitates having technology involved, whether it's just a phone call, like you said, or doing Zoom calls like we're doing right now. You know, and again, like you said, Zoom burnout, very real thing, like being on video calls constantly can can wear you out. And so for me, one, I'm coming to the place where one again, even though I have really pulled back my social media use to where one, it's not on my phone at all. I'm yeah. not I'm not doing it there. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I wipe when when iOS 14 I'm on my phone. So when iOS 14 came out the other week, I wiped my phone. I yeah, nice. in, and then I reinstalled it. Uh, I re, I installed iOS 14 and then pulled in some backup information only. And then I didn't install any apps other than like, OK, I need that weather one and I need that like whatever. And so slowly I've just added a few apps here and there. But I went like cold turkey just to kind of undo the like, you you know, like psychologically, yeah, yeah. I, I needed to do that to start over. Kind of like your Twitter thing where you unfollowed yeah. everybody. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, Tristan Harris, his documentary on Netflix. Um, and I love the work that they're doing at the Center for Humane Tech. I'm not involved with it. I would love to get involved, actually. I, I really like what they're doing. But one of their tips is is really simple, but it's to set up your phone in grayscale, yes. uh, like in black and white. And so I, I hit the side button on my phone, my iPhone, three times, and it goes black and white. And I keep it that way most of the time just to kind of alleviate the notification colors and, and you know, try to do that. One way you can use social media right now, social networks right now, to, to, to do what we're talking about is go to Twitter, look at your direct messages, go to Facebook, look at your private messages, go to LinkedIn, look at your in-mail and your private messages, go to your phone and look at your voice messages or your text messages. Do this, like set yourself a goal each day of doing this and looking through these direct messages and find one person that you've communicated with. I say that this way because chances are you probably have a little tighter relationship if you've private messaged each other. Choose one person, email them and set up a Zoom meeting and say, this is informal, no agenda, just catching up. We haven't seen each other in forever. Wanted to catch up and, and see how you're doing. Let's do Zoom next Monday. Are you around? And and start doing that. Like try to schedule something every day um, for the next week. But just go through and find these these private messages that you've had and then and, fi- and find these folks and then rekindle those relationships by doing that. 
Yeah. And that's even something I've been considering now is like, hey, what's that list of people, which you're definitely on, where I want to make sure that I've got like at bare minimum once a quarter, once every 12 weeks, we do this, we do a video call and then it's something to look forward to. And I can say, oh, man, yeah, I did that. And now I've got and now I'm going to go talk to so and so. And obviously there are people that are more frequently contacted, et cetera, because they're either, again, living in my house with me or living in my same neighborhood. But even yeah. that sometimes can be a struggle to like make sure like I have frequent contact and, and you know, consistent contact with the people that uh, are my friends here locally. Although that we've all kind of upped our game there and I'm proud of us. But, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. even long distance family for that matter. I, I talked to my mom like a week ago. And I was like, dang it, it's been like a month since I talked to my mom. What the heck? Yeah. I feel so guilty. So I I don't know. It it can be hard to break this habit and and or and or the habits and and life that we've fallen into in terms of technology and relationships and human connection. And, you know, we may wonder, well, what's that all got to do with productivity? Well, it's because it's we're already taking up so much of our time scrolling taking away the time that we could be using on this thing with this. Oh yeah, no, this is good. I do this because it helps me stay informed. I'm connecting with people. I'm, you know, all of the positives we, we tout and yet without realizing some of the like artificial relationship stuff we're we're consuming when it comes to that. So. Yeah. We misunderstand the word friendship. We misunderstand the word connection, even like you're connecting with people or your engagement is high. We connect to the the Wi-Fi is what we connect to these days. Right. Or the (laughs) ethernet cord in your ear or or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Or in the back of your matrix head. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, I, I think sitting back and redefining these terms or at least understanding like you can use them to truly connect, which would be sending a direct message to a friend to say, Hey, let's zoom or send them an email and say, Hey, we haven't talked in a while. Let's, let's do a zoom or a phone call. You can do old school phone call. Even or if you're in this city, you can even, meet up. even text messaging, which again, I, I, you know, I don't, you know, some people are like who uses the phone anymore. And I'm like, uh, it's yeah. still I'm sorry, but if you're of the, I mean, this is, this is me saying, get off my lawn, but like, if you're going to rely again, if you're just going to rely on texting for relationship, uh, tethering, you're, you're tethering only, you're not connecting not as much as you could be, should be. Now that's not to say that like me texting my, with my wife sometimes isn't like augmenting or adding onto our existing relationship, but it's because we already have all that other full-time FaceTime, and I don't mean the technology FaceTime. I mean, like face to face time in real life, yeah. you know, so it's like, well, that's and that's what that was my point. Right. With social media, you can you can use it to supplement or, or to add to those relationships while, you know, and, and that's why, like, I've been that's why I've been teaching this so, to companies about like with remote teams is how to keep everybody together. So you're not losing team members. You're actually staying together. And so, yeah, it's important. Yeah, there's there's a lot more we could probably dive into, but we should wrap up and say, honestly, take some time to pause and and really rethink what is it you're wanting to get out of these tools that you've been using for a long time? Have you stopped to reconsider what your strategy is there and, and what you're doing and, you know, again, what you're wanting to get out of it? Because like me, I, I have found that there are still a number of apps I've not reinstalled on my phone because I don't need them yet. Now, will I reinstall it for a one-time use and then hide it again? Probably. I have been doing that mm-hmm. once. You know, there's been a handful, five, six yeah. or so, yeah. but yeah. 
Yeah, you don't need the. I mean, a lot of the apps, like you have a browser on your phone too. You could like, I did that for a while too, where I would just go to facebook.com and the experience is not nearly as nice as having the app, but that's part of the reason. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be so nice. So yeah. you be nice instead. That's the important. There message. you go. And th- and that's the word to land on with this episode is you be nice instead. So yes. uh, I'm going to send everybody over. We're going to link up nice maker and the newsletter and, and yeah. everything. Dave, always great to see you. And you too, so, brother. so at bare minimum, we're going to talk again in another matter of weeks, just like yeah, this. And we may or may not record it, but we will still do it. And yes. uh, it, it's, it's awesome to see you, man. Yeah, you too, brother. Yeah, thank you so much. It's always, always a pleasure. Well, that's another podcast crossed off your podcast listening to-do list. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Dave Delaney. I know I loved catching up with Dave. I hope that you're walking away from this conversation with some lessons, with some thoughts, practical or theoretical, something that moves the needle for you or helps you cope with where you're at right now with technology. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me the favor of sharing it with somebody that you know needs to hear it? To do that, all you need to do is hit that share button wherever you're at listening to this, whatever podcast player app of choice you're using, just hit that share button. Or you can go to the show notes over at beyondthetodolist.com and share it from there. Thanks again for sharing. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next episode.